Hi, Kieran. Hey. Hey, Hannah. It is our after dark thing. It's actually sunny in Oakland. Yeah, well, it is not sunny seven. here. <laughs> um, I survived surgery. Yes, you're alive. I, I made it. And you can't have babies. Congratulations. Can't have babies. Oh, my God. I watched, I watched Anne with an E today. And there was this spoiler alert in season two. It's been out on Netflix for a while. La, 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 la. Anyway, there was a birth, and my uterus didn't twinge, <laughs> and it was the best feeling because I was like bracing for it, and it didn't happen, and I was like, "All right," because I don't have a uterus anymore, so it can't do that anymore. Yay. And it was the best feeling. It was so good. I was so happy. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I've I've now like definitely um, fucked up my ability to like follow my higher calling or whatever. God's done with you. Yeah, I'm I'm doomed now. I'm terrible. <laughs> is this your? There's is this no, basi- this is no basically your gender confirmation surgery? Yes, this is extremely my gender confirmation. Your, your surgery. gender is infertile. Yes. My gender is it does not have any of the uterus stuff in it. It's gone. All of it. I have pictures. Yeah, I, I have pictures of what it looks like inside. One of those gross people who's very excited to see these pictures. Uh, it's so good. Um, I put them out on the internet on Mastodon because it has a content filter so you can like hide the picture. Oh, okay. So you don't like surprise anyone by an organ do they do Um, did they like tell you like oh you had endometriosis or anything or was there anything surprising that they found or was it just like standard um, issue uterus i haven't been told there's anything surprising we expected there to be endo um i'm not sure if there was because we took out everything Mm -hmm. so we took out the ovaries the fallopian tube the uterus and the cervix is that normal and um, most people, well, I don't know if most people, a lot of people sometimes keep an ovary mm-hmm. because then you're not screwed. Hormonal. Like not having hormones. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but since I'm already on testosterone, I was like, I'm already taking hormones, so I don't need to keep an ovary. I don't need those extra ones. I don't, I don't need it. It's fine. Cool. You can, you can just take it. And I feel like my recovery has been better because I'm not going through menopause, which right. is something that usually happens. Right. That's exciting. When your body's like in shock. But since you've been and on I'm tea, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I already went through menopause. Yay. That happened like within the first couple months of starting testosterone. Okay. So I have a TMI question. So um, what are the implications of not having a cervix anymore? How do how do they like um, finish that that bit? Oh, they like stitch the top of my vagina together. Okay, and that's it. And I don't have to get Pap smears for the rest of my life. <laughs> it is so it is so good. No, it no so good. Uh, uterine related cancer issues for you. I literally cannot get. Like cervical cancer or ovarian cancer or uterus cancer or fallopian cancer or any of that because like it, it if you don't have the organ in your body it turns out it's really hard to get cancer on it <laughs> is, that, is that why um, people recommend like if you have the what is it BCRB or P um, the breast cancer um, yeah. mark gen, like genetic marker that you do preventative double mastectomy probably but I'm not sure if it works quite the same as it does as like if you just take out the ovary to not have ovarian cancer so in theory this would also mean that like if uh, if dudes wanted to 
dudes were straight and never wanted to do butt stuff, they should just, like, remove their prostates since they're not using them anyway. I mean... <laughs> I don't see why not. I mean, that's kind of far afield, but... I mean, you know, but also, like, appendixes. Right. We could all just have our appendixes removed, like our tonsils. Yeah. I feel like if you just don't want to like if the if the organ isn't doing it for you and it's not it's not going to hurt you to take it out and you don't want it there it should just be fine to just take it out yeah um so i just saw mama mia which was just as delightful and ridiculous as you would hope or be afraid of um and of course that movie is like all about mothers and like mother daughter relationships um how do you think your mom would feel about this whole situation? I don't know. I've been kind of wondering about, like, whether or not they know this week because I texted my brother that it was going to happen. Right. Because there was going to be, like, photographic evidence. And uh, Facebook and was going to tag him like, and everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> George, did you see that? Oh my god, the amount of like rage. It was like I looked at the photo just, of your brother I, and I was oh like and I was like but Kieran looks cooler. <laughs> but they look the same. <laughs> right? Yeah, I I panicked cuz I was like, "Oh my god, why would Facebook tag my brother in a picture when I didn't tag anybody?" Mm-hmm. And and I was like, "That seems really weird." And, like, I didn't, like, say, like, I there was no way to indicate that I was, like, at a hospital where Facebook would have been, like, oh, we have to notify your family by right. some weird AI bullshit. Well, my mom. And so I was, like, what the hell? My mom will post pictures of the twins, and it will tag my brother Joel, like, all the time. Yeah. And it won't yeah. be, like, it won't be location tagged or anything. There'll be no, like, indicators of what's going on. It's just, they look so yep. much alike. Yeah. Yeah, so after, like, the first wave of panic settled, I was like, oh, shit, it's because we have the same face. And I went back to, like, my brother's profile. I was like, okay, all right, I understand why I did that now, but also fuck you, Facebook. Don't <laughs> auto-tag people in their fucking pictures. Like, that's not okay. So no, it's sketchy I figured as hell. after that, like, what? It's sketchy as hell. Yeah. Hey, do yeah. you think, um, like, do you think Facebook's the Antichrist? I mean, is this the mark of the beast? Part of me is like obviously, obviously not because the Antichrist is supposed to be a human, and Facebook is. Yeah, well, yeah, like Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg is definitely a robot. He's 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 not a human, so he can't be the Antichrist. Yeah, yeah, and like if we're supposed to like listen to, um, who was it? He wrote Left Behind. Uh, not Peretti. That's it's the other guy. Le, is it LaHaye? Yeah, Tim LaHaye. Yeah, then like the Antichrist is Russian. Oh, so. right. So is it Maria <laughs> Bettina? Is she the Antichrist, or is she just is a consort? Probably a consort because like it's sexist, right? So <laughs> the Antichrist has to be a dude. Oh yeah, that's right. God likes dicks. <laughs> right. <laughs> But somehow isn't gay. God's definitely pan, Kieran. God is into everybody. I mean, you're not wrong. Literally everybody. Literally. He's in your heart. Yep. He just wants to be inside you. So much of that is so creepy. <laughs> and, you, and you know, it's actually super funny because, like, most of that, like, like, potentially innuendo loaded language doesn't actually come from the Bible. It's just, like, comes from evangelical culture. Yeah. And, like, I didn't even realize that it was innuendo until after I'd, like, gone out of my little sheltered bubble. You never... And then I was like, 
And then do hard things took on an entirely oh different meaning. Yeah, do hard things. Do those hard things. Just just do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> um, did you ever see any of those um, like memes online where it was like, is this like a love song or a Christian song lyric? Yes. <laughs> yes. Those were always yes, excellent. Yes, it was also that. Which, like, was also kind of how my parents justified listening to country music. Wait, your parents justified listening because... to country music? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we were allowed to listen to, like, country music. And, like, some old, like, some of the old rock and roll that my dad used to listen to sometimes. Okay. Well, break down the logic for me. Because, like, because you could, because you could easily apply them to being about God. Because they were love songs. Wow. Right. Well, I um I convinced I use country music as the like um, gateway drug to get popular media into my family's life. Um, I mean, going to Grove City College, like <laughs> the the girls' freshman dorms, the they had a radio playing on our hall in the dorm bathroom like 24 7 and it was always to like froggy 109 which is like the local country station (laughs) and so yeah yeah um i mean it wasn't just the country station but they played it was a country music heavy and i came back home and i was like you know like country music's all about like american family values (laughs) like all these things that you guys are really into so like there's nothing wrong with listening to country music. And right. my father was like, well, I kind of hate it, but I can't disagree. So I guess you can do what you want. <laughs> At least it's not like the oh Backstreet Boys. <laughs> oh, my God. And that is how I began corrupting my family. That's legit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my parents were, like, strangely lax with music. Like, I was allowed to listen to, like, as long as it were somehow Christian, I could listen to it. So, like, if someone in the band were Christian, I could listen to an otherwise secular band. Wait, but, like, um, Britney Spears, like, promised her virginity to God and and, and Justin Timberlake. So, like... (laughs) Yeah, within my parents, you know, very narrowly defined reason. Oh, okay. Like, I could listen to, like, they didn't police the genre so much, so I could listen to a bunch of, like, rock and roll and indie and electronic and, like... That's kind of amazing. Different kinds of music. Um, and my parents didn't really give too many shits about it. Um, were your parents musicians? No, but my dad really wanted to be, but he's a short Portuguese man and has short, stubby little fingers. That stops very really few people. he really wanted to play people. guitar, and he just couldn't do it. Well, also, he's an electrician, mm. so they're calloused already, and okay. he just couldn't, he just didn't have the decks to, like, do the guitar thing. So but he tried real hard. My dad taught himself how to play guitar in, like, the end of middle school, early high school, and um, was going through a rough patch. Where So he just played guitar, like, all day, every day. And so that was actually how he, like, got into the church, was, like, somebody found out he played guitar and was like, you should play for the worship band at this church. And, like, that was his entry in. But he played electric guitar. And so uh. he played electric guitar on the Vineyard Worship Bands. This is why my family never did ATI, because my father well, could not get that. behind, one, someone telling him what to do as strictly as Bill Gothard did, and two, their ban on music with a beat, because he was never going to give up electric guitar for anybody, not even my mom. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So he yeah. played electric guitar through everything, which is, and the funny thing is, he actually was so picky about the music he liked to listen to. It wasn't a, like, moral compunction thing, but he, like, doesn't like the Beatles and, like, was so picky about, like, all these different, like, popular bands from 
when he was a kid and music his parents liked and he just wasn't into it um he like was really into punk music um before he got saved so he was like oh yeah but i only like folks the acoustic stuff so we listened to like a lot of um out of the gray and um bob bennett and kevin prosh and all this like real like kind of folksy like acoustic guitar driven like Mm -hmm. yeah so that was my parents went through weird my parents went through this terrible gospel music only stage for like two years oh dear and it was like for two years we were only allowed to listen to like the Gaither vocal band and people similar why I don't know. I don't know. They just, like, discovered them, and then somehow that was, like, the only music that was holy for, like, two years, (laughs) and then I think they finally just got tired of it. Like, when you just listen to the same, like, playlist or album over and over, except they just decided to make that the rule for the entire family. So Sovereign Grace um, produced their own music. They had a lot of musicians. And I remember that. Yeah, my dad's high school, not high school, college best friend um, was this guy who eventually was the one who got us into Sovereign Grace in the first place um, in Richmond. But he was also um, a really great musician, and so he was featured on a bunch of Sovereign Grace albums as a singer. And so he was helping um, Mark Altrogi produce these, like, Hide the Word albums, which were, like... Um, scripture put to like modern style and music so that you could yeah. learn to memorize it and right. so like we had all these cds in the house because it was like one we were in the cult and so you listen to this music because it's like better than anything right. else you could get and then i mean it was pretty well produced like i'll give them some credit it was yeah but also like family friend on all of these tracks and everybody's like wow he has such a good voice and I'd be like, yeah, I've known him since, like, before I was born. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah. But it was it was funny because, like, oh that God. created a little bit of a weird celebrity culture in Sovereign Grace because it was, like, a, popu- uh, like a popularity contest to, like, participate in the worship band and all this yeah. stuff because it was like, what if you get, like, picked to, like, work on one of the, one of the albums later and, like, everybody in the whole cult group, like listens to you on the recording knows who you are yeah yeah like who cares about nashville you can just go to gaithersburg right (laughs) you know yeah that's like a thing in a lot of churches too like being in the choir or in the band or on the worship team is like a weird popularity contest. It's funny because a lot of the high church churches actually hire those people and you don't, it's not a popularity contest. It's actually like, yeah, we hired a musician to sing the solo on Sunday. Um, my ex-husband was a voice major who ended up like doing like random gigs for Catholic churches in the DC area like singing solos you get hired to do it and be like 150 bucks a sunday or whatever um and that's how like the normal world that was a thing that's how the normal world does it but in all these evangelical churches where they have no money because they're somebody on the staff is hoarding it where does it all go where does it all go i don't know look at the pastor's new car (laughs) um everybody's required to like volunteer and it becomes this like little bit of a like but you're not really dedicated to the church unless you're like available for like three sundays a month for sunday school and church worship band and for you know running the bookstore and like helping with the offering and 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 yep 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 i think that's why christians don't like volunteer in their communities much because they're so burned out on volunteering at church Uh, yep yeah, that was, like, all we ever really did. Like, for a while, I was at church Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday. Like, anytime there wasn't a service, 
And when my dad was on the worship teams, I would go early mm-hmm. so I could like listen to his sermon. And then my mom would come with the kids and I would go volunteer in the nursery because I couldn't be in youth group, but somehow I had to, <laughs> I, yeah, I yeah, don't. yeah, yeah. Um, no, we, I couldn't be in youth group because that was a, um, peer centered activity. And as a homeschooler, I was obligated to interact with a diverse cross section of my non peers. Yes. Youth group is not a biblical concept. Yes. That's what my parents said too. And what really messed with me was like, after, after we moved to Atlanta, Mm -hmm. um, and we we moved to like this weird little city and we didn't know anybody in it and we hadn't even seen where we were moving to like my grandparents bought it and that's why we were able to move there uh-huh. and so we go there and my parents are like trying to get us to meet other people and so they decide randomly after so many years of telling me that youth group is bad and unholy and impure and like it's basically like what was it it was like a sex party with Jesus sprinkled on top. <laughs> what? Is like how my dad described it. Keep in mind, however, that I had no idea what the fuck sex actually was <laughs> at this point. So uh, I remember like all the lectures from, I think, I think it was Greg Harris who was touting this. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, somebody fact checked me on this. But like the like whole like teenage, like being a teenager is a myth. Like, teenage yeah, my didn't parents exist were a fan of that. until after, like, the death rate spiked because, or the, like, life expectancy spiked because people were getting proper nutrition. And so then, like, teenage dumb became a thing. And that was, like, a, like, corrupt modern <laughs> perversion. I feel like they also blamed, I think they also blamed, like, child labor laws. Oh, right, because child for, labor for was banned. And so, therefore, people yeah. were more immature later. Right, because I, I remember that being something. So youth-centered like, ministries oh, yeah, and those were child labor laws. a, like, modern, like, worldly, selfish invention. Right. Everyone should want to work, like, as many hours as the sun is up and collapse as soon as, like, the sun sets and then wake up and do it again forever until yeah. they die. My mom, my like, mom read something um, at some point where she's like, you know, the 12 year old has the like physical capacities of an adult. And so they should be able to run a a family or a household at that point. And like, look at all these kids in like the middle ages, they all got married at 12 and had to like do all that kind of work. So like, what's your problem? Why can't you like, that was what my mom told me too. (laughs) Where did they learn it from? I feel like it came out of my mom also had this. I think it came out of an above rubies issue, but I could be wrong. That's possible. But, yeah, it was yeah, this like idea of, like... subscribe to Above Rubies, but, like, that was pervasive. Yeah, it's this idea of, like, a 12-year-old has the physical capabilities of an adult. They just don't have, the, like, the mental and rational capabilities. But so we can hold them right. responsible for all of the, like, physical tasks that we would request an adult to do. So being right. asked to babysit my siblings for, like, three to four hours every afternoon, like, four or five days a week was a normal request that would not tax me emotionally because I didn't have emotions because those are wrong. And right, <laughs> and I'm physically capable of it. So why can't I, like, raise my siblings? Yep. Yep. Yeah. My, yep. That was the same. Which is why, also, my mom was super, like, excited that I got my period when I was 12. And she was just so excited about it. Because you were an adult because now. Because it meant that, like, I was an adult now. And I could have children, and that meant that I, like, could run the house fully and all of everything that entailed. Do we want to talk about do hard things? I feel like we just keep careening back (laughs) to that. Yeah. Okay, let me, um, let's take a quick break here so I can get another beer, because I need that before we talk about this. Yes, I'm going to continue drinking my cider.
All right, so do hard things, the revolution, and the Harris twins. Um, I have another drink. I'm ready. So. All right. So, um. Who is Greg Harris? History first. The father, the patriarch. So. I mean, he's their dad. He also founded some really. So Greg Harris was one of the homeschool movement pioneers. He was heavily involved with Bill Gothard's stuff, but. He started his own church in um, Oregon and would travel the country giving, like, parenting seminars, homeschooling seminars mostly, though. And um, Josh Harris would travel with him as a kid and so um, was kind of immersed in this, like, pseudo, like, quasi-celebrity small world universe and grew up sitting under Bill Gothard's teachings. And one of the things that Bill Gothard teaches is um, courtship. Pretty much exactly the way Josh Harris taught it. So Josh Harris's mm-hmm. books are a modern regurgitation of Bill Gothard's 1950s, 1960s teaching on the same stuff. Which we all got handed basically mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was a it was thing a that took over, like, a lot of homeschool culture. Uh, everyone had at least heard of it if they hadn't read it. Uh, and if they hadn't read it, then, like, well, and, and Josh Harris started a, at least. Um, a magazine called New Attitude that he was distributing a paper magazine. Um, And that turned into a conference called New Attitude that um, I ended up attending one of the last ones of it um, before it got rolled into Sovereign Grace Ministries um, like annual youth conferences. Um, But New Attitude was kind of a like a spiritual revival conference for young singles. And the idea was like, we are all committed to sexual purity and we're all committed to changing the world and like how following God and like, how do we like put God first before our sex drives? Yes. And also how do we meet people so we can go make so we can go families and continue doing under this thing. the bonds of marriage and have it be great mind blowing sex. Right. Exactly. Um, so Josh wrote two books. Yes. He wrote uh, I Guess Dating Goodbye, which was published in 1997. And then I believe it was 2001 when his second book got published, which was Boy Meets Girl, which was about, um, so I Guess Dating Goodbye was like, I broke people's hearts and I got my heart broken. And like, I realized that modern dating is wrong and not biblical. And like, you should save yourself for marriage until you're ready to get married. And the second book was like, so this is where... You're ready for marriage, and how do you go about it? <laughs> you ask her permission, or you find someone who's like uh, so broken that you don't need to connect with her father because she's like completely broke, burned that bridge, and gotten herself saved, and uh, wants to just like submit herself to the teachings of your church and your cult. And um, that's how Josh Harris got his wife. Right. Yes. But. Yeah, and all the while, like, you have to make sure you have permission from whomever is above you. If it's not, if she doesn't have a father, yeah, the pastor like, the has pastor to be the one to, like, church, give her away or, or whatever. Or whatever. He's safeguarding yeah. her chastity. Um, yeah. And, and Josh, I, I will say this, in his to his credit, Josh is a product of what we were raised in. Josh never had a chance to know better. Yeah. He was never really exposed to the broader universe. He never went to college. As soon as he started, like, showing, like, initiative and leadership and was recognized for that, C.J. Mahaney picked him up and um, moved him to the East Coast and took him under his wing and was like, you're going to be my disciple. And basically, like, finished raising him to be the next leader of Sovereign Grace Ministries. So, yeah. 
Yeah, he yeah, was he really didn't, from, didn't like, ever the stand a chance. And he's like he is a really like like kind, empathetic human. He's a really good public speaker. He's um, easy on the eyes and very well trained. He was trained yeah, well. he's a good speaker. Um, so he was uh, he was a really easy poster child. Now fast forward about ten years, and yeah. his younger, slightly taller. Um, brothers who are twins and have more hair than he does show up on the scene. You get like laughing hurts. <laughs> but it's great. So Kieran, tell us about the Harris twins. Uh so uh Alex and Brett, because they're twins, and I'm assuming that they were named like Alex is the one who was first and Brett was the one who was second because I'm guessing <laughs> do you think they were alphabetically categorized yeah, <laughs> twin A and twin B okay yeah yeah I mean you have to keep yeah, track of yeah. them somehow um says the person who doesn't have <laughs> twin siblings uh but anyway like on the heels of their brothers like fame and like being welcomed into the homeschooling fundamentalist community with open arms as a leader because he's like the ages of the people who were like just above us who were just starting to do this like courting Josh or the twins? Thing. Yeah. Josh. Josh. The twins Josh were Josh is like. But Josh was like the first sort of like. I feel like Josh like, is like eight years older than me, ten years older than me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Josh was like the right. first of first waves. Yeah, of the, the like, homeschool. Yeah, homeschool kids. We are kind of like children. second siblings or like you know, mentorship babies of first wave homeschoolers. Yeah. So the twins are our age. Yeah, and uh, so they show up in the scene and like yeah. they want to make a splash because their big brother made a splash. Right, and and so they're. Big Brother is, like, running this conference and telling people how to get married. But they're not ready to get married yet because they're 15, like <laughs> we are. And so what do we do? We go into well, politics we know and that take over being the world. teenagers is bullshit because our dad told us. And so obviously we go into <laughs> politics and take over the world. Yeah, Because, um, you know, you can channel that, like, good sexual frustration into political dominance. Right. It makes you a really, really dynamic speaker. <laughs> Don't masturbate beforehand. Oh, right. You can't That's masturbate ever. What are you talking about? <laughs> Just because we all did and were really embarrassed about it. I thought I was a sex addict for like all still, of high school. I was horrified at myself and I didn't know. I was just like... <laughs> And it was always girls, and I was like, I don't understand why. And I still didn't figure out that I was queer until I was like. I just thought I appreciated classical so. art. Yeah, I was like, Boobs lips are, are cool. cool, right? Yeah. Tits are also cool. Like. Okay, we're getting off topic. Yeah. The, the hair is We don't I told know how they feel the about tits. Year. Anyway. I'm sure yeah. they, they like it because they're supposed to. <laughs> they are supposed to um so yeah so the first thing they do is they so launch like, everybody like this was blog, blogging. right like your blog started before their blog you knew them yeah. before they started blogging right oh yeah i was og blogging i was blogging in 2004 blog. they owe you royalties yeah they didn't really know who i was but they do <laughs> i will accept them Please so thanks. They started this blog called The Revolution, and it was based off of a homeschool project that their dad gave them, where he would like handed them a stack of like quote unquote classical literature works, and made them read them. And it would be some of them would be like actually classic stuff. Um, I'm sure they read a whole lot of like Aquinas and Thomas More and um, Dickens and all that shit. But they also were going through a lot of um, like theologians talking about political issues 
And so they were talking mm-hmm. on their blog about like reacting to these books that they were reading because this was what they were doing instead of school. Like this was their school. They weren't doing they weren't doing normal normal schooling school. as far as I know. Um, I'm I'm I I'm sure that now that they've got gotten into you know higher education, they've you know actually got a balanced education background but like at that point it was that year they were only doing this project and so they were writing like reaction pieces like essays to all of these books and that's what the blog material came from and what was the thing that they were like obsessed about I mean They were obsessed about starting a teenage rebellion right, against because, low expectations. Because uh, now the life expectancy was higher, teens were like doing hard things a, a lot, or people were doing a lot hard things a lot later in life. But like, you know, there was like an admiral who was like thirteen, and like so and so wrote this book when he was fifteen, and like so and so like got married and like started a revolution at like sixteen, and so why can't we be doing these crazy cool things too? Yep. And it was all about just, like, teenagers, mostly homeschooled Christian fundamentalist teenagers. Like, we were doing cool, random things, blowing people's minds because, oh, my God, look at these teenagers being so responsible and It was like Hamilton before like. Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> then they got a book deal. Oh, wait, but first, they started a blog yes. network. Where they were linking all everybody who like had the yes. same values, who was like a teenager doing cool things, and we got linked in the blog network. Right. Yeah, that yeah. was how we all found each other. Well, I think we kind of knew we, yeah. some of each well, other before, but we started. We ROC, all wound up in the same location. We started ROC before some we point. started the revolution, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because we had that so too. then they got. Yeah, they both <laughs> they got a book deal really from Josh's prep- publisher. And it's actually fun because I entered there one summer, and and this this Christian publisher has published many best-selling Christian books that you are very familiar with, and I was working there the year after the revolutions, or the the Harris Twins' second book came out, and they had a lot of marketing materials mm-hmm. left over from that, so there was this cardboard cutout of the twins. That would like that was like standing in the hallway. Uh, but see, the thing is, the twins oh are yeah, Asian. They're short, and this cutout was a full head yeah. taller than they were in real life. And I was the only person there oh who knew God. that because I was the only person there who like <laughs> knew them. Not not like I knew them well. I had met That's them, amazing. but it was just like, yeah, this is not to scale. <laughs> They're really yeah, not no. that tall. Yeah. Yeah. So we were all blogging at the same time and all these different things are happening and overlapping and they get a book deal where they write the book Do Hard Things where it is basically just more of Well, their it, blog, and the point of it was like into a book. Teens are like sitting on their asses taking advantage of like not having any responsibility at home and so they should like be more proactive and like I generally am behind that message also I tend to to also have high expectations yeah. for young people but that's because I um, you know believe in the potential of youths who have not been traumatized and have healthy attachment styles because of you know good parenting but <laughs> that's not a thing that any of us experienced yes. but we These were told things. that we had to be super mature super young because 12 year olds are supposed to be able to run a household Yep, yep, and you're supposed to be able to just get married at 16, whatever age your parents deem is appropriate, and start having children for Jesus, because this is what... I mean, as soon as your uterus is functioning, like, why are you sitting around wasting that time? Like, that uterus shouldn't be occupied for God. Well, exactly. I know. (laughs) Um, Hannah, I think I fucked up. Did you fuck up? You know... So, so right before surgery, they told me, they're like, I know this is absurd, 
But okay. I have to tell you, you can't undo this. We can't put your uterus back in. This is not reversible. And I was like, no shit. Like, please, I'm, I've been wanting this for a decade. I get it. It's fine. I will not be upset when I wake up and suddenly I don't have a uterus. That's literally why I am. I have an IUD and I'm a little cranky about it because I'm not sure that it's working the way I want it to. And I'm like, but what if I have to go back on the pill? What if I have to like use something that I could forget one day and make a mistake? And then like, ah, accidents. I don't want this. I don't want this. Is there, is there a reason that uh, the implant won't um, work? So I still aspire to do pole dancing and like, you know, like you really kind of have to put a lot of pressure on upper arm parts. Um, and Fair enough. The idea of accidentally yeah. tearing my implant out because I'm trying something on the pole kind of like freaks me out a little bit. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure there are pole dancers who have it. If you do and you want to tell me that everything is fine and, like, to not worry about it, please tell me. But that's, like, the image that pops into my head every single time I do that. And I'm just like, "Mm, no, I can't do it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I always warned the people who did, like, my blood pressure that I Mm -hmm. had an implant in my arm before they put the cuff on because I was just like... There's, right. like, a plastic thing. I have so many friends who are super it. happy with their implant, <laughs> like, but, like, I just, I, I'm not actively pole dancing right now because I don't think that there's a good studio in Roanoke, but if I go to Richmond, if I'm living in Richmond, there's some really great studios there, and I would be there in a heartbeat, and I I know I don't hold back on the pole, so yeah. I don't want to mess with it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's fair. So, <laughs> I was looking up stuff today and I found a whole bunch of archived stuff <laughs> oh, um, yeah. what I'm looking for is a recording an audio recording of a church meeting that happened at Kingsway um, but I haven't found it yet but what I did find was a letter from you that was supposed to be a pre-blog post about your marriage and I found also a, um, a whole set of screenshots about the modesty survey. Do you remember the yes. modesty survey? Yes. Yes. I was just also remembering the modesty survey because that's what comes to mind yeah, when I think so of Alex and Brett. Let's finish this the modesty story. survey. You want to tell them about the modesty survey? <laughs> Alex and Brett started forums. So this is where it first started, I think, was they started yes. the forums as part of the revolution was they wanted to bring together a grassroots organizing community, um, which footnote ended up being the uh, foundation of the Huckabee grassroots organizing youth campaign. Um, yep. But they started all these forums. Yep. I forgot about that yeah, until just now for him for a long time, probably until after he mm-hmm. like had resigned or whatever um lost the campaign yeah anyway um but in the forums they had like the girl side and the guy's side and the public side and there was like the attic for the girls and there was the basement for the boys or the garage i don't remember um you know i'm gonna say basement because i want to think of them being in the dungeon um (laughs) yeah i like it better and uh some of the girls in the attic we're talking about how they didn't know how guys perceived what they wore and they wanted to be modest, but they didn't know like if this piece of clothing was okay or that piece of clothing was okay. And obviously there's going to be like a universal standard for not turning on guys. Clearly. Right. Because <laughs> it's, it's not, not individual. individual. There's going to be like a perfect. And it's not sometimes literally just algorithm the for the anti-boner outfit. So... They were going to do a whole survey. Not a thing. <laughs> um, dear readers, they did not believe that women could get lady boners. They did not believe that it was possible for anyone to be aroused visually except for people with dicks. They are very wrong. They were wrong. So anyway, um, in their wrongness, they decided to create the modesty survey. Karen's dying. 
There's laughs. There's laughs that are trying to happen that I am actively trying to not I'm sorry. Have. You must be in so much pain. But like. Emotionally and physically. I'm not because I'm not laughing. <laughs> but like, so the modesty survey is they had all of the girls ask all of the boys very detailed and specific questions mm-hmm. about what was and wasn't modest. And like that was also controversial because then there was this whole discussion about whether or not saying like one certain kind of pants like would make boys stumble because if they didn't oh know God, what it was right? they'd have to look it up and then they'd see pictures yeah. of said pants. So there was a lot of like meta controversy even just in the phrasing of the questions because it was all about keeping boys pure and and a lot of that is by not making them think of anything but in order to ask the questions they have to think of the thing <laughs> which was so, like let's it was a like, difficult conundrum so, that we had know, to let's face talk about spaghetti strips. <laughs> hey dudes you turn down the spaghetti strips and they would be like yeah we're talking about spaghetti strips now <laughs> Yeah, we're turned on by spaghetti straps. <laughs> <laughs> or they'd be like, like I don't this know was done what by teenagers. Are. No, it was not just teenagers. It was like 50-year-old dudes and teenagers. It was fathers of homeschool boys. Oh, right. Yeah, it because we like sent it to fathers 40% too. I forgot about it. I dudes. blocked that part out of my memory. That was creepy as hell. Yeah, I forgot about that part. It was really fucking gross. Um, I just checked their website. They've taken it down. Yeah. Right, because we all were like, you guys, this is bullshit. Like, years mm-hmm. after the fact. Mm. Yeah. We all grew up, thankfully. Well, we didn't actually yeah, all you, grow you, up. We can speak for you and but me. A lot of we grew did. up. Um, did you remember yeah. that, like, everyone who, um, all of the guys who answered the modesty, modesty survey took some sort of purity pledge and had their names affixed to the, the yeah. modesty survey? Right. For a long yeah, time. that was a thing. I was able to, like, search guys who were, like, stalking me in college and be like, did he sign the modesty survey? Do I want to avoid him? Yeah, he's on the modesty survey. I definitely want to avoid him. Yes. He's a creep. Yes, that is, that is a that except is a good for the part where that, now that database is yeah. taken down. But you know, uh, redemption is possible, right? I mean, the internet yeah, is forever. Wayback machine exists, and also my screenshots. Yeah, like I was gonna say, like we, there's there's a saved saved something somewhere it might not be the entire like database but there's screenshots there's so where are the harris twins now do we care i actually don't know i haven't heard of them since i fell out of the like good homeschool alumni circles and into the black sheep circles (laughs) right because they obviously wouldn't keep up with you because like Right, well, like, I stopped going to church, and I stopped blogging about, like, married life, and I stopped going to, like, team-packed events, because, like, all of the parents wanted to, like, hang out with me and my spouse, and it was real awkward, because we were, like, the first in, like, our group Yeah, we were the first ones to leave. to be married. Yeah, I just looked... I just yeah. uh, Googled Alex Harris, and the first th- thing that comes up is a climate change reporter at the Miami Herald, and it's a femme who looks very lesbian. It's definitely the wrong one. Uh, well, <laughs> that's much better. I like that better. I like that better. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I know they Patrick went to Patrick Henry, Henry in, like... Okay, so Alex six or seven or whatever. Harris is a law clerk to Justice Anthony Kennedy. Not surprising. He went to Harvard. No, it's not. Right. Yeah. I feel like I so do that means that, that he he. Yeah. So that's like one more degree of closeness mm-hmm. to this shit. And let's see. Where is Brett Harris? 
Brad Harris has se- seems to have yeah, removed himself doing? from the internet. I'm kind of impressed with that. Yeah. I know he got married and his wife had a lot of chronic health issues. Um, so I'm sure that slowed down whatever political career he had. But, um, yeah. I mean, seriously, like. It's weird that there was, like, this entire, like, homeschool, like, famous people culture thing of, like. It was a popularity cult. That we know. Who are now. Who are now, yeah. what, nothing? Not nothing. Well, nothing. Or also working for, like, Kennedy. Yeah. Um, so Josh Harris, after the Sovereign Grace Ministries scandal blew up and burned him out, um, got into seminary because he had never been to college and moved his, moved his family back to right. the West Coast and is attending seminary in, I believe, Vancouver, Canada. I could be wrong about that. Um, but just like kind of absented himself from responsibility for anything which i think is fair because he was helping with cleanup but it was a problem that was handed to him it wasn't something he created um excuse me but he was also um starting to do a like reactionary documentary about the effects of i kiss dating goodbye and boy meets girl oh yeah he was putting out a call for, like, interviews with people who had been affected by Right, the I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. With no compensation, which is expected. Ad- naturally, yeah. Um, wrong, but expected. And um, I don't know what he ended up doing with it. I don't think it's ever come out. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about it. I remember, like, that was a thing, because I remember... Emily like Emily Joy Allison was like tweeting about it. She was pretty angry. It. Yeah. I mean, who can blame them? Yeah. I have a great deal of anger towards Josh Harris and what courtship teachings did to my life and my relationships, and I'm still Likewise. recovering from that. How long bullshit. do we want to make the session? Do we want to get into that, or do we want to like cut it short and save it for that for another time? We should probably save that for another time because I should take another yeah. hella ibuprofen and Yeah, I have a have lot of feelings dinner. about courtship and maybe that'll be our next episode. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good one. Uh, I think that should definitely okay. be our next All one. All right, I'm going to stop this recording. But thanks, guys, for joining us. And uh, stay tuned for courtship as our next topic. Bye. Bye.